0: Baker, and this is Living the Dream, a show about the rare few who make their living working in the world of entertainment. Today's guest is Tim Mason, current cast member of the main stage of the world-famous Second City Theater in Chicago. All right. uh, this is Living the Dream. This is the first episode, uh, and I'm here with the Tim Mason. <laughs> The Second City Main Stage. Thank you. Currently your second review on the main stage. Yep. And you did three on the ETC. Right. So uh, you've been with Second City uh, full-time for quite a while.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I started, I think, in 2005 touring. Yeah. And then went to Denver. They hit a Second City Denver for yeah. a year.
0: I've seen I've seen the clips. I've, I've done Applebee's myself. <laughs> <All> right?
1: <laughs> that's the, the, the biggest uh, thing that's stayed around from that. Uh, and then, yeah, so I think it's been like six years. Wow. Second City. That's great. Yeah.
0: Uh, so has Second City been I know it's obviously your main source of income because you doing eight shows a week you can't possibly have time to do much more but uh, in the five you said six years five years
1: yeah yeah so
0: in that amount of time like has it been your main go to or have you been piecemeal or Yeah, pretty much you know like when you're touring it
1: it's not really it's not a full time job so at that time it's piecemeal but I mean everything's always piecemeal you know even now yeah, I mean, eight shows a week is going to be a salary.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, you probably don't have time for much more.
1: But I do do other stuff. You know oh, yeah? I mean, like commercials and, you know, like voiceover stuff. And uh don't really do any writing outside of this. Um, but I do pick up, you know, like even a BizCo, like industrial shoot, which would be like a, a in-house commercial for a company. I, I'll still film those and stuff.
0: So you, you keep really busy then.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's nonstop. That's great. I mean, it's always been nonstop. Like, well, yeah, about, like to be an actor is to be you have to be very scrappy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a little dumb, I think, for us <laughs> to want to do all this. But, yeah, uh, and, I mean, not to say you are, but I mean, like, it's, <laughs> our lives to describe them to some people sound uh, probably horrible. <laughs> like, I, well, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it, the, the things that we do as far as like financially, or the, the uncertainty that we have in our life, yeah, would scare the heck out of probably half the people who think they want to do this yeah you know it's uh you never know and my wife works for freelance too so oh wow i mean our tax returns are unbelievably complicated (laughs) and it's just it's just crazy to have that uncertainty always in our lives oh
0: and you have two kids
1: yeah two and one on the way
0: you have a third one on the way i didn't even know that yep well congratulations thank you uh Uh, that's great so you have a third kid coming in and you're both actors Yeah. Good for you. I mean, first of all, that's amazing. That like, I think it's amazing that anyone can support themselves on just acting. But like, the fact that you can support a family on it is just so commendable.
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, it surprises me. You know, and like. Do you ever
0: look back and go, "Wow, I'm doing this"?
1: A little bit sometimes. You know, I I really thought I was only going to do this for like. My plan was, I graduated college. Mm -hmm. It was like I'm going to take two years off. Before I go to law school and uh, live this bohemian lifestyle of like, you know, I had like a studio apartment and uh, I just wanted to do improv, uh, like at Improv Olympic that, or at I.O. That's where I really was, was like, I'll just go there for a couple years. You know, I'll never make a career out of this. No. Of and now not. like, what is it, like 13, 14 years later. Wow. Here I am with like not just a career, but like a wife, three kids, you know, like, yeah. It's is crazy.
0: But when are you going to enroll in law school? I mean, any day now. Any day. <laughs> okay. good. I'm glad you'll make a great lawyer. What, what kind of... Did you even know what you wanted to do in law school? I didn't. I, I just...
1: I mean, that that was just like, well, I'll either be a doctor or a lawyer. I was like a really studious kid okay. in grade school and high school, and I, I did improv in high school and like theater okay. in high school, but like, I, I just... It was outside the realm of my comprehension to try to like make this a career, and then... After the first year, I was like, I can never go to law school. That that's just not right for me. So, I'll get my Ph.D. in English literature. So, meanwhile, so like, so that year, taking classes at I.O. Uh, at night. Yeah. During the day, I was like temping or something, and then I was also studying for the GRE. Wow. Like, and for like the literature GRE. So I was reading like the top hundred classic books of all time, you know? And then I took the <laughs> test. I mean, I, I was really into this. I was like, I'm going to go back to school. And then the minute, like, like uh, I started looking at applications and stuff. I was like, this, well, you know, and actually come to think of it. I was like, and you're reading these books that are about like all these great pieces of literature Yeah. are like so many of the messages of those books are like, you know, live your life, go do something, be brave. It's about like, these exciting characters who make bold choices with their lives and then I, I completely remember, like, and what am I, I'm, I'm going to just read about these people, you know, like, instead yeah. of really trying to do something a little more interesting or braver, I guess.
0: Was there, like, a particular book that you remember that was like, well, if this character's going to do it, then Tim Mason's going to do it?
1: I do. I mean, I remember reading, now I can't remember. I, it was, like, a Somerset Mom, like, uh, maybe it was The Razor's Edge or something, but, like. Yeah, like there was a book that I remember being like, I think they even talked about like scholars being, you know like really wrapped up in the ivory tower, and that's where I first understood what that ivory tower meant, which was like you're separated from life, and you know I'm like, all oh, right, I'm going to really live my life, and I'll give it one more
0: year, <laughs> you know and then we're now at, on the first so you said it was your first year, make sure this is still working. It's my first time doing oh, yeah, yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so the first year out, you were you making any money from improv, or was it just a hobby? It, uh,
1: it was just a hobby. I mean, it was it was why I moved to Chicago. Yeah. I mean, so my I graduated college.
0: <clears throat> Where did you go to school from?
1: <clears throat> Marquette. Great. In Milwaukee. Okay. Um, and I started as a theater major, and then <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all it was always this battle of like. Uh, like even in college, I was like, "Okay, I'll be a theater major," and then like, I took one semester of theater stuff, yeah. and I was like, "This is t- too easy." Like, <laughs> so then I became a history and an English major, and a theater minor. You know, I was always changing my major, trying to figure out whatever I was gonna do. Anyway, so I graduated. I did summer stock in uh, uh, Central Wisconsin at American Players Theater okay, yeah. for a summer, and uh, I was miserable. Really? Yeah absolutely miserable. I was like, this, it it just is not the type of stuff that, I really respect, I love Shakespearean plays and I love watching them and like, maybe even now I'd appreciate it more but I was like, I just didn't feel comfortable in that realm of like, really, really actor-actors, you know? Yeah. Um, A thespian. Thespians, yeah, yeah. you know, and I I wanted to create more so then I I decided uh, the next year I'd move to Chicago and do improv. So that first year it was, it was solely to go to I.O. To right. Yeah.
0: Well would uh, the was there had you seen I.O. before, had you been through here or did it just
1: I was well, so when I was in high school, uh the, there was a comedy sports Kansas City uh uh-huh. and uh they had like a high school league and they recruited my friends and I because we said so many weird suggestions during the show, you know, we think we're being funny and we're just annoying, so they're like, well, <laughs> Why don't we take classes? And then uh the people who ran that broke off and formed their own improv theater okay. and hired me and my buddy Danny. Okay. So in high school I was actually doing improv every Friday and Saturday night. Wow. And my friends would come and so she had, they'd always talked about I.O., they knew Dell. And they're like, you gotta go to Chicago and study mm-hmm. at I.O. with Dell and Sharna. So I had always heard about I.O. more than I'd heard about Second City. Oh, okay. And then so that's why I went that's why when I first moved I, I started taking classes there. And then I would temp during the day. That was my big... Actually, no, you know, the first year, I was like a, I was a, an office, basically like gopher, at a company downtown. And uh, they were the most supportive. Like, oh, so into me doing this and stuff. And not... Maybe six months ago, one of the, like, the high-powered consultants just happened to come to a second city show. I, I'd lost touch with all of them. And she afterwards was like... I saw you up there. I couldn't have been more proud. Like, it was so neat, you know?
0: Oh, wow. And that's we'll like 10 a-
1: years later. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, so, like, when uh, was that your only non-creative job as, a, as an adult? I mean, we all have, like, crazy jobs as kids. Yeah.
1: No, I had... First I did that. Then I temped. And, uh... So, I mean, those are basically... Like, and then I placed temps for a while. Oh, okay. Um... Because there's always... For me, there was this gray period where I was making some money being an actor, mm-hmm. but it it wasn't keeping up with itself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I always had to keep going back. So I would go back in temp for like two weeks, live off whatever, you know.
0: Like a bank robber, go to a high Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And like I had a really
1: off. good relationship with like... So I could always like call up and be like, I need a job. And they'd probably like kick some other temp out of the
0: job <laughs> and give me
1: a job. But... Yeah. And then, but that, that lasted, I, I would say my, that was like, that, and then like I, I, I was like director of education at comedy sports Okay. for a year, which looking back seems not creative, but at the time I was like, well, that's still part of what I want to You're in to the do. business. In the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: it, does that basically mean that you were in charge of like the training center of comedy sports? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And that was a year. And then that, that was by far... I think that was my last, like, job where I had to show up at certain hours. Yeah. You know, like, they had any kind of, like, desk to it.
0: <laughs> All right, fair. Do you remember the first time you ever did uh, an acting gig that you got paid for? Uh,
1: I do... I, I, I remember a few of the really early ones, but I don't remember what was the exact first one. I, yeah. There was, like, a few ones came through where... Like, my a friend that I was in classes with, like, somebody had hired her to bring in four of her friends to, you know, like... So we would do a show, like, at some Christmas party bar. And then I had a friend who, at the time, was a consultant at Anderson Consulting. Mm-hmm. And, like, she hired us to do, like, me and some of my friends to do their, like, holiday party. And it was awful, you know, because like, at the time, I didn't know how... Like, they have to set up a stage, you know, or anything. You sure,
0: know? you were just like, I like to improvise. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, this will be fine. I'm sure everybody will be quiet the minute we come out on, you know, even though there's no microphones. And, oh, it was awful. It, yeah. I do. I, I remember having those first checks and being like, wow, this $50, this is it. I've made it, you know.
0: Yep, you live in the dream. I mean, living that's the what it is. Uh, <laughs> did, uh, so at any point in your life, uh, for example, when I was in college, I was dating this girl, and we were like, kind of Thinking about being serious, I met her parents. I remember her dad was like, so what are you going to do with your life? Right. Like, And I was just like, well, I'm going to keep auditioning. And uh, have you ever had that point where someone thought that, oh, this whole acting thing's just a phase, and they're like, what do you really want to do?
1: Absolutely. I mean, my, my parents were great in that they told me growing up that I should do whatever I wanted to do that makes me happy. Wow. But I think in their head, they meant whether that means be a doctor or a lawyer whichever makes you <laughs> happy. You, yeah, yeah. you have so many options like, <laughs> so I'd say that they were supportive but also constantly questioning Did, I don't know man just this week there's an Onion article mm-hmm. about uh, Verlander for the, the Tigers he threw a uh, no hitter Yeah, yeah. and the, the, the Onion headline was like uh, Justin Verlander refuses to even tell his mother the difference between a perfect game and a no hitter and like the whole article is about like the his mom being like, "Why, why couldn't you throw a perfect game? Why don't you play for the Yankees? Maybe when you play for the Yankees, you should give them your resume." You know what I mean? It's like yeah. all those like kind of just parent, parental—they're looking out for you, but constantly questioning, "Is this really gonna work?" I'd say, but it probably stopped about five years ago with my parents. Yeah. When I mean, now that I have kids, I think they know. They're like, "Well, he's in it." So. <laughs>
0: If, uh, if, like, in a hypothetical world, if you woke up tomorrow, and for whatever reason, there's no such thing as acting or comedic writing, and then just, it's gone. Right. And we all who do this, we have to get real jobs. Uh, if you were forced to get a non-creative job, what would you do?
1: So, non-creative? I mean, like...
0: Like, you can't act, you can't write, you can't okay. be, like, a, an editor. you have to do something that's at a desk, or, or, you know, something like that.
1: Okay. I, uh, I think I would go into teaching, of, uh, but, and I guess can't be creative teaching,
0: so, <laughs> I, like... Like, would you want to teach high school, college, middle school?
1: I mean, I'd love to teach college, yeah. you know, and I, I, I still would love to teach college, um... I I, and I would appreciate teaching high school too, Mm. Um, because I do like working with kids and stuff. Like when we teaching improv like classes, absolutely. I'd much rather work with kids than like you know twenty something. (laughs) No offense to anybody twenty something. (laughs) No, no, no. no.
0: Uh, But uh, do all my tens of listeners?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this pilot episode. My
0: mom will totally be listening. (laughs) I can't guarantee that anyone else will.
1: Yeah, so I I guess teacher man, uh, yeah. All right. I wanted to be a fireman for a while when I was a kid, but I I don't think I can do that anymore. Not anymore? No. All
0: right, but you're so tall, you could get cats out of trees without a legend.
1: I know, that's true, very true, very true. (laughs)
0: Uh, So... uh, what you do now for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what Second City does you are the writer and actor in a show of an ensemble so you go through a thing called process which I, I don't know exactly how long, how long Like for example how long did this last process take?
1: I think 12 weeks.
0: 12 weeks. and uh, So you do 12 weeks of process while you're doing 8 shows a week on top of, of the writing and rehearsing and then once process is over you're still doing 8 shows a week As someone who went from being an improviser to eight shows a week. Did that, like, ever just go, whoa, this is, like, did you have to really adjust to it? Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: my, well, I first did that in Denver. So, mm-hmm. like, at least, <clears throat> I've, I've now been doing it, you know, for, like, off and on, like, because a couple years there I, I wasn't in, on a stage, you know, like. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've had, like, four years of that where you're doing the same show every night. And it is a, it, it goes against everything, as an improviser you want to do and it becomes a skill, but it becomes this whole groundhog day ish, you know, like I-, I can tell you exactly the words that are going to come out of my mouth every night at eight fifteen. you know what I mean? And like you just get, it, it can start making you crazy, you know? And uh, so it-, it was a shock and, and it's a thing that like, you know, with this job being on the main stage, there are things about it that are unpleasant. I'm just but you know, like any job, but you feel super like it, ridiculous to complain about, you know?
0: Because everyone wants your job. Because everybody
1: wants this job, and so uh, only like alumni from the stage, they're they're about the only people who ever ask you how you're doing <laughs> in a way that you, you, they they know. They're like, but how are you doing? Are you holding up? You know? Are you are you going crazy yet? You know? Like, and we've been running this show now for like five weeks, and this is just where it gets into the like. I can't believe I'm saying these words. Wait, what show is it? What day is it? You know, like, <laughs> is it the first act? And, like, suddenly you start losing lines. Like, yeah. And it just gets crazy.
0: Is there, is there any, like, tricks that you have for yourself to, like, help you cope with, with like, because you di- you don't do shows on Monday, so you get a little refresher on Tuesday. It's, a l- I guess, a little bit better, maybe.
1: It's a little, maybe... You know, on the ETC, we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Yeah. that That's the dream schedule. And, like, uh, McBrayer, who he was only on the ETC, and he would always be like, don't let him put a kid on the main stage. This is the best <laughs> job. You know, I'm like, it, because that was always you got refreshed and your batteries charge. This main stage schedule, I mean, I, I also see why people stay on the ETC for years, you know? Yeah. And then, but... The main stage is usually people go in and out quicker because it slowly kills you. <laughs>
0: fair. Totally fair. But I love it
1: But it's it's slowly killing you. For
0: anyone that doesn't know Jack McBrayer who uh, referenced is currently on 30 Rock and has done to movies. And does you your mom know, watch that show? Uh, uh, I don't I don't know that my mom does. <laughs> okay. but, uh, mom, that's... He's famous. I'll tell you about him later. Uh, for anyone else, most people who listening I assume would know Jack McBrayer. Uh Let's go. And you, we were on the ETC for three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, not three years, but three shows. Three shows,
1: yeah. So I think two years.
0: And was, <clears throat> was it like because you did that, and I, I don't even know how many shows did you do in Denver. Was it an eight show a week thing?
1: It was, I think it was eight shows, but over, we had two nights off, I think.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: So it was, ne- it's not nearly as grueling as this. Yeah. Maybe we had three nights off. At least two, because I, we used to. I used to hike. I love hiking, so I like, mm-hmm. you know, go up in the mountains during the day, and then I I felt super refreshed in Denver. Yeah, and etc. was great too. You know, like uh, etc. I was just a new dad when I started. DTC. Yeah, you know, so like it, it it's all worked out.
0: I remember one of my favorite Tim Mason moments uh, that I remember was the the song you wrote to your daughter <laughs> is is definitely one of my favorite you know where you're just like I wrote this for her and it's made me laugh.
1: Yeah. Oh that people still tell me about that one cuz the refrain was cock cock balls balls cock cock balls balls dildo fart.
0: Yeah. Oh, I hope and your mom explain this to your mom someday, it's, it's not she just had a heart attack by what, oh god like whenever she whenever she listens to this and she hears that she'll go what? <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, what else do I want to ask you? I got so many things. Um, is there? Okay, so I know that there's no such thing as main stage for life, and uh, based on what you said, that's healthy for people. Yeah. Uh, so like, and I don't want to ask it, betray any details or ask you to say anything. But like, is there is there an ultimate goal for you? Like, is there like I want this, and I'm working toward it? Or
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, like. There's definitely no specific job that I'm, like... I am putting all my effort into getting that job. You know, which, I mean, honestly, I mean, everybody... Everybody who knows you work here and who walks through that lobby is like, so when are you going to be on SNL? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so... But you can't spend your career here just trying to land Saturday Night Live. Right. Because it just... it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, uh, I don't have any specific, like that's the job I want. I looking ahead would like to, I personally would, I, I like writing. I like doing my own stuff more than I like just acting and normal stuff. Not that I wouldn't do that, but like for me personally, I've been focusing on my writing a little more lately. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you just don't know. I mean, it's, it's also debating where we want to live, you know? Like
0: Sure. I feel like a lot of Chicagoans, it's the thing of no matter what level they get to, most Chicagoans, if they keep pursuing this, eventually move to L.A. Right. So that's kind of always in the back of most people's heads. Right. But it's not the only option.
1: It's not. And it's, it's a family decision for us, you know? And so, like, it's definitely in our heads, but it's not a foregone conclusion that that's what is going to be right for us, you know, and, like... Yeah. Because you think, you know, like, it kills me, because I came from Kansas City as a kid, you know, like, the idea that Chicago is this small town, you know, like, is is a little crazy, you know, like, it's like, wait, stop and look at where you are.
0: Yeah, like, you're in the third largest city in the country. Third
1: largest city, an amazing theater scene. I've supported our family for a long time. You know I mean? I just have so many contacts and... Feel comfortable here. Why exactly are we thinking about going out there? You know, is there more work out there? Well,
0: and one thing is because you're just by virtue of being on the main stage or etc. I think is that you're equity actor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have kind of a key to auditions, at least in this city and New York, that other actors. Don't you can yeah. show up to an equity audition? Is that something that would ever interest you of like doing like theater theater again?
1: Sure, maybe, yeah, definitely. You know, and like it's uh, I haven't had to use that yet, you know, or had a chance to use it actually, yeah, you yeah. know, because have been doing this, so <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, and there's such weird stuff, there's like things you're like, I can't believe I think about this or these words come out of my mouth but you're like oh if I work just like a couple more equity shows I'll be fully vested in the pension so you know what I mean you're like am I really putting the words acting and pension in the same but like yeah you know like yeah I would like to probably do one more equity show sure. at least so you know uh, yeah it's crazy I, I don't know I don't know I, my thing with LA is I'm like I think Los Angeles is a pyramid scheme We're like everyone who moves out there is like yeah, it's great. It's great. Why don't you come out? Like, it's like if you recruit five other people to move to LA, like, it's <laughs> going to make you feel better. Like, and, and you're always like, what? I, I just don't believe half of the people of my friends who move out there when I'm like, there are reasons for. It. Why people should move out there, I think, is just mostly just so they have more people out there, so that Chicago's recreated out in LA.
0: Yeah, I was just out there last week and I ran into like four people in 10 minutes. I was like, hey, this is Chicago like.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. One of my friends went out there and he's like, yeah, God, it was like going back to level one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, if, okay, so if uh, there was a Sorry. kid and i say that literally like if there's some 20 year old that is taking level a which is the first level training yeah, yeah. center and and had a chance to ask this of you and said i want to do what you do i want to be on the main stage and i know and pretty much anyone who trains in this building wants that what if any advice would you have for him
1: um i would say you that's a great goal to have <laughs> and It, I think, keep working towards that goal, but don't let that, you know, that that one job consume your life. You know, because it the everyone gets there in a different way, and there's no right way to do it to get to this. So just do your best at what you're doing right now, and keep just being true to the improv and, you know, like, just be a good improviser and stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, you'd be like, I, I never dreamed that I would have that job. Sure. Even when I was on the ETC, I was like, well, I'm just not a main stage guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it's just that so much of it's chance. Yeah. You know? Uh,
0: Do they need a white guy? Do they need a whatever? Do they need absolutely. a musician? Do they, whatever yeah, they I need mean, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did they happen to see that one right show where I looked great? You know, like, so, I mean, I I think if you just, I've always tried to enjoy the level that I was at and just be like, instead of thinking too far ahead, just look at where I'm at and be like, God, this is pretty great, you know? Like, that's. I mean, I think that's why we ended up having a family and stuff because I think it's easy to put stuff off and be like, well, it's not the right time to have kids. You'd be like, well, no look Look where we are. This is great. Let's enjoy now. Like, why keep trying to plan for a future that's going to be better instead of just enjoying where we are, you know? Yeah. And my other thing, this is the thing I do tell. My my cousin's just starting out improviser. He's been here a couple years now, I guess. But, uh, and I I'm always like, you know, you can't compare yourself. If you start comparing yourself to everybody else's progress, Mm. you'll go crazy. You know? And it's because everybody has a different path, so I can remember being like in level one at IO and being like, "Somebody got put on a team out of out of the first class, you know," and being like, "I didn't get put on a team. I'll, I'll never make it in this town," you know. I'm like, you're like no, you know, you just got to take it at your own. There's one audition and I'm dead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and it is just all rejection. So yeah, it it gets laughably easy to be rejected. <laughs>
0: Now, I know that you did a lot of uh, corporate (coughs) improv and corporate writing. Do you recall, like, uh, one of the most random or crazy, like, I can't believe I did this uh, and and called it, quote-unquote, acting and got paid for it, but, oh, man, what a ridiculous thing. Like, not ashamed of it, but it just – it happened.
1: Well, so much of that corporate – I mean, that's actually some of the stuff I'm writing right now is trying to, like – just capture some of those moments from corporate comedy, you know. But uh, definitely, man, we did this one. And it was me and Nikki Lindgren, who used to be on ETC. Uh, it was a whole weekend of a, I think, this sales conference. Yeah. And uh, we hosted their awards, like presentation, which was Western themed. And so they, <laughs> they had emptied the whole ballroom. And then laid down, like, a whole track and brought all these, like, cattle, wagon train into the ballroom. (laughs) So, like, all the awards winners came, like, rode on a stage, like, a stagecoach, you know. And, like, there's longhorn cattle and everything. And they would come up to the stage. And the very first longhorn bull that came up took the most enormous dump. (laughs) And it went, and it smelled so bad. I mean, so bad. And so, like, the rest of the awards assembly, anytime anybody came up to get an award, they'd gag and they'd choke. And, like, it was... It was awful. Did you
0: have to, like, perform comedy in front of this big steaming pile of dung? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And then, like, that night that we were the American Idols, like... It's just so... But, you know what? That corporate comedy, you know, like... It bought my engagement ring.
0: Absolutely. You know, like, it's... I, I wouldn't have been able to... I'm just sure most of us who are full-time actors had to do at least some of it, if not a lot.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and like, and then you even look at like commercials and stuff and you're like, really, there's not that big a difference between like doing that and eating popcorn, you know, and like acting like you like it. So (laughs) it's all, it's so much of its business, you know, and like, it's nice to be on a place where you're just doing what you like to do.
0: and being creative. Yeah. Uh, Man, thank you so much for Absolutely, being my man. pilot interview My first episode Good uh, luck, I hope your mom enjoyed this And uh, hopefully we'll get to, I'm just hoping your name by virtue gets me at least a couple of listeners okay. I'm like, Tim Mason, yeah My mom will my my, listen My mom will listen Tim Mason, you can see him currently On the uh, main stage uh, South Side of Heaven It is 8, shows a week, Tuesday through Sunday uh, Go check it out, funny guy Thanks so much Tim Thanks Rich Special thanks to the Second City Training Center for letting me record in a classroom. Original music written and produced by Diana Lawrence. Email me at livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com.